Good morning. My name is Clarissa Pickens and I will be your moderator for this morning's class. Welcome to another lecture given by the members of the Southfield, Michigan class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denomination, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield, Michigan class was established in 1997. At this time, I would like to introduce to you the Dean, Dr. Marvin Lewis, and the President, Dr. Edward Yule. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and are not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means that Elohim is the title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia will prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language have any letters or characters in their alphabet that will produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of the Heavenly Father and His Son. Christ is a title just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, He is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in His pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing the man could not perceive of him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son. 
a superincorporeal being, that is, having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form could only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua, the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also at this school, we teach by a divine pattern of the universe. It is called a divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, holy place, and court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The constitutional objectives and or aims of the Institute are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without the distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained. There is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, save in the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And 10th, to inherit eternal life now, in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah, with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace, and our slogan is speak the truth. And at this time, we'll have a prayer by Dr. Felicia Hamilton. Our scripture lesson this morning will be Acts, the second chapter, and that will be read by Dr. Lauren Lewis. I'd like to say good morning to everyone. Let us bow our hearts and minds in a moment of prayer to Yahweh. Heavenly Father, Yahweh, we thank you so very much for this most beautiful and precious gospel. 
And we thank you that you've chosen us out of the world to give your eternal knowledge and spirit to. Yahweh, we ask that you keep us and keep us in your wings and keep us focused on you. Through all the things that are going on in the world, Yahweh, remind us, keep it in our memory that it's only you, that you are our only hope for salvation through Yahshua the Messiah. Yahweh, we ask that you allow us to remain steadfast and allow us to hold each other up as we go through these times because things are getting worse. We ask that you keep each member in remembrance of the other member so that we are always there for one another because one member may seem strong, but they actually need that comfort from the other brethren. Yahweh, we ask all these things in your son and our savior and husband, Yahshua the Messiah. Let us all say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd like to say good morning to the class. And I'll be reading out of the Holy Name Bible, substituting the Holy Name version. Excuse me. We're reading out of the Holy Name Bible containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testament, critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts, revised by the late A.B. Trainer and the Scripture Research <clears throat> Association. Can you hear me clearly? Yes. There's an echo, Dr. Uh, Lewis, when you're speaking. Okay. I'm not sure why. Yeah, is that better? Yes, that's better. Okay, sorry about that, everyone. All right, that's Acts, the second chapter. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, while they were all with one accord in one place, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as the fire and rested upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speaking in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold! Are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phygra, Pamphylia in Egypt and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome. Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our own tongue, the wonderful works of Elohim. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine and are drunken. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, you men of Judea and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you all and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing is but the third hour of the day. But this is of that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. 
And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith Yahweh. I will pull out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of Yahweh come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of Yahweh shall be saved. Ye men, sons of Israel, hear the word, excuse me, hear these words. Yahshua of Nazareth, a man approved of Yahweh, among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which Yahweh did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of Yahweh, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom Yahweh has raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding of it. For David speaketh concerning him. I have set Yahweh always before my face, for he is on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in Sheol, neither wilt thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that Yahweh has sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, excuse me, according to the flesh, he will raise up the Messiah to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of the Messiah and that his soul was not left in Sheol, neither did his flesh see corruption. This Yahshua hath Yahweh raised up and wherefore we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of Yahweh exalted, Having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has shed forth this, which we now see and hear. For David is not extended into the heavens, but he saith himself, Yahweh said unto my Eloah, sit thou on my right hand, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that Yahweh hath made the same Yahshua whom you have crucified, both King and Messiah. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be immersed every one of you in the name of Yahshua the Messiah for the remissions of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is unto you and to your children, and to all that are far off, 
even as many as Yahweh our Elohim shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this perverse generation. Then they that gladly received his word were immersed in the same clay that were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they counting, excuse me, and they continually daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their food with gladness and singleness of heart, praising Yahweh and having favor with all the people. And Yahweh added to the congregation daily, such as were being saved. That was Acts, the second chapter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I like to say good morning to the class once again. And for our scripture, uh, I'm sorry, for our scripture readers this morning, it will be Dr. Shirley Nelson and Dr. April Lewis. And for our first speaker this morning, we're happy to call on from our Southfield, Michigan class, Dr. April Lewis. Good morning, class. Good morning. Um, it's always a pleasure to um, have anything to say uh, about Yahweh, our Elohim, and the things that he has shown us, um, actually in a short period of time. <laughs> um, I am happy to, uh, to be able to be on this morning. Um, it's always a lot going on and it's always a lot on my heart and mind but I don't want to be all over the place and every time I speak I always say I have nothing new to say um but I do want to start off by saying that uh this is a school and it's not a church and uh this school was a product of a vision that the founder Dr. Henry Clifford Kenley had in uh, 1931 and we have I have come to the realization that um, this man really saw something. <laughs> he said that it was from Yahweh, straight from Yahweh. And the things that has been brought out to, or, or brought to our attention, we know that, that this man saw something. And it's just a, it's a great thing, you know, the, like the prayer. She said that, um, just thank you for allowing us to be a part of this, you know? So um, let me see, I really don't wanna be all over the place. Um, let's start off with, um, wow. Let's start off with, uh, let's get John 15 and 16. Um, 
I've been grabbing that scripture a lot lately. That is John. You can go ahead. Yeah, sorry. That's John 15 and 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to get that first because we have to first understand that um, Yahweh chose us. And we have to get it out of our heads that it's something that we did to be chosen. It is not. <laughs> I know, I know me. I know it's nothing that I did. And I'm so, so thankful for that. So he has chosen us and ordained us. He has allowed us. Let's get John 14 and 26. That's this one second, please. He has allowed us to um, be a part of this gospel, be a part of his body. We have an understanding of his purpose, his pattern, and his plan. This is the creator of heaven and earth. <laughs> it's amazing. Try not to get emotional, but I'm just so, I'm so happy you know, I say that all the time and I, I am, I cannot believe that I understand something about Yahweh. This is amazing to me and to be able to preach it to others and believe what I say. See, that's what we have to do. We can't just come get on Zoom, listen to class and go about our day. We have to ask Joshua, let me see you in everything that I do. I don't want to just see you at, when I'm in class or on these charts. Right. He has to prove himself to us, meaning, like, for example, when I learned that the creator had a name, Yahweh, let's get that chart, please, the name chart, and I see that the first letter of Yahweh's name is a Y. I see that. I understand that. And then I look outside and I see that tree is shaped like a Y. And I understand why. <laughs> I understand why that is so. Before you get John, get Acts 17, where it says that um, he is ruler of heaven, of, of uh, heaven and earth. But he has caused us to understand something about him. That's what gets me emotional because he didn't have to do that. Right. So we come in and we understand the creator has a name. His name is Yahweh. So what he's doing, see, now you got to understand this is a, a personal thing that's taking place right within your mind. See, it's, it's I don't want to say it's nothing outside of you because we see these physical things that Yahweh has placed in this earth to represent him so we can understand something about him but it happens right within you. It's a psychological operation that's going on between you and Yahweh. Nobody else. That's why when um, we need help with something or we're struggling. So you have to seek the kingdom first and everything else will follow. You have to find Yahshua first. And I don't, I don't wanna say physically find him because he hadn't gone anywhere. He's right here. <laughs> See, that had to be brought to our attention too he's not 
far off. He's right within us. But somebody had to bring that to my attention. Well, Yashua brought that to my attention. I'm right here in, in you. I, when you see me, when you look in that mirror, there you go. <laughs> He's right within us. You know, that's that Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit having the knowledge of Yahshua. That's what that is. So I, I, I'm all over the place. I said, I didn't want to be. I grabbed a couple scriptures. Let's get Acts 17 first. We have to understand who is in control of everything and it's not us. So once we move ourselves out of the way, we can, we can start learning and we can start seeing things clearly. So let's get Acts 17, please. Acts, I'll start at 22, 17 and 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. Mm -hmm. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription mm -hmm. to the unknown L, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him I declare unto you, Yahweh that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is ruler of heaven and earth. See, now well, let, me, let me interrupt you, I'm sorry. But right here, you know, Paul, he's saying that um, he's at Mars Hill and he, he, he's saying exactly what he saw. He's saying that they had these inscriptions and these names for all these gods that they were worshiping. So they had a, 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 a altar for one that it was unknown, they didn't know. So he's saying, look, the one that you ignorantly worship, that's Yahweh. He has made the world and all things therein. Continue, please. Yahweh that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is ruler of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Right. So I, I don't want to be all over the place, but he dwelleth in temples, not, not in temples made with hands. So that's what I was saying. See, Yahweh dwells right within the man is no, no, not that church on the corner. He doesn't dwell right there. He dwells right within the man because we come and we understand that our bodies, this is the temple. This is the temple, the temple that they built out there. And we can get that too over there in Exodus 25, eight and nine, I believe, where he told them to make a sanctuary that he may dwell within them. So that physical temple out there points to our temple, our, our temple. He dwells right in our, our hearts and our minds. That's where that, he's dwelling. So get that for me really quick, please. That's Exodus 25 and eight. Mm -hmm. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. According to all that I shall thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall ye make it. Okay, so pause. I do want to get into that. But Felicia, finish where you're at, please. Mm -hmm. 25th verse. Mm -hmm. Neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things and hath made one blood all nations of men to, for to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek Yahweh, if happily they might feel after him and find him, 
though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. See, that's beautiful. Yes, it is. Beautiful, because we could look at ourselves and say, wow, <laughs> you know, see, having that revelation is a, is a beautiful thing. Knowing that Yahweh has made the world, all things therein, he's showing us something, y'all. And for us to see it, it's, um, it's, it's, it's just wonderful. It's like a bad day. How do you have a bad day? And I'm, I'm you know, I, I've had bad days, <laughs> but I'm just saying, this is a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So he said, he is, he's not worshiped with man's hands. He give up to all life and breath and all things. See, we are his offspring. Don't you take care of your offspring? Until they get a certain age, you know, it's like, okay, grow up, but you are still there to help them. I'm almost 40. I have a husband and a family. And you know, my dad, he is still there if I needed anything. Yahweh is a great parent. Yes, he is. Great parent. Let's go to Exodus. And I want to just talk about... Um, I do want to get Exodus 25 um, again. And I just kind of want to talk about um, that pattern. Um, and before you get Exodus 25, can we quickly just get Luke? Um, I want to start where I think, believe it's Luke 24, 25. It's Luke. Start, yes, start, start at Moses, and I, that's, that's, that's what I want to do. So let's, let's read Luke, and we'll go to Exodus. Okay, that's Luke 24 and 25. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe, all that the prophets have spoken, ought not the Messiah to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Hey, pause for one second, because I had to come down to school to understand what, what's the law, what's the prophets, what's the scriptures, you know, and it's, it's all been broken down. You know, we understand that the law is the first five books of the Bible. It's accredited. Moses is the, is the accredited writer for um, the first, well, for the first five books of the Bible, we have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Now, that's the law. Now, from Joshua to Malachi, that's the prophet or the testimony. And those are the scriptures. So he's talking about, he said, the, um, read, that, read that again for me. I don't want to mess that up. Yes. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Mm -hmm. So all this time, you know, we thought that the Bible and the scriptures, anything I read in the Bible, I said, oh, that's talking about me. It's not talking about you. 
is he just said it right here all the things it's, it's, it's talking about me so you see on your screen you see to the law we should well we don't need to i can read that right here to the law see genesis to deuteronomy five books in the old testament and then you see to the testimony and this is just this is a school you see joshua to malachi 34 books that's in the old testament that's a whole nother scripture lesson right there because we come in on and really understand what the old and new testament is we know that the new testament is not written with pen and ink we have to prove all things and all of that we can prove okay so this scripture right here isaiah 8 and 20 talks about the law and the testimony see if they speak not according to this word it is because there is no light in them or understanding in them see we was once there he has caused us to understand something about him you know it's just it's just a, a beautiful thing so are you finished in, in um luke Lauren? you're not finished uh, yeah yeah that's that's yeah that's basically for that scripture beginning at moses okay yeah so let's mm -hmm. um let's go back to moses and i'm i'm gonna be done very soon let's go back to moses and um wow <laughs> even looking at the bible even understand the the setup of the bible now so you know you, uh, you have to have an exodus before you have a genesis and that had to really be explained to me so let's go to exodus where um let's go to exodus three and one now we know moses he was not egyptian but he grew up in egypt so he knew all the customs and traditions and all of that um so he saw one of um, his brothers in an Egyptian fighting. So he interceded. Now, this is before he made it to the wilderness of Sinai. This is right before Exodus 3 and 1. He saw them um, quarreling. So he killed the guy, taking up for his brother, you know. And, and you know, wow. And he fled the next day because he, he knew what he had done had been out. So he said, oh, I got to get out of here. You know, and we got to understand everything goes by a pattern. Everything, absolutely. The moderator already told you, absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. Even Moses's life and, and events that took place goes by this pattern. But so he fled and um, he fled to the wilderness. So let's start right at Exodus 3 and 1. It said, and beginning at Moses, we start at Moses. And then, you know, we, we start at the beginning. <laughs> we, you know, the world started in the middle and at the end. You don't, you don't get a clear understanding when you start a book in the middle or the end. You don't get an understanding at all. See, we want to get the whole thing. I want to understand it all. Right. And, and we won't understand it all now. We won't. But you know what I'm saying? I want to get it from the beginning to the end so I can get an understanding. And it takes time you know i'm still in, i'm still in preschool i can't walk across the stage tomorrow with my college degree that that makes no sense so we have to take steps it's, mm -hmm. it's steps that we that we take you know we're always going to be children to yahweh you know we are his children he takes care of us he teaches us romans 1 19 and 20 that's exactly what our parents have done that's exactly what we're doing with our kids sitting them down, talking to them, taking time with them, explaining. That's exactly what Yahshua is doing with us. 
It's just beautiful. I'm rattling. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, Exodus 3 and 1, please. That's Exodus 3 and 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jephro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of Elohim, even to Horeb. So Moses, he's out, he's living his life. He's, you know, he's a shepherd. Um, he meets his wife and all of this. So he's living his life. Now Moses was just like a, a regular man. <laughs> See, Joshua, he says that ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. What you gonna do about that? I think Paul says, I am a prisoner of the Messiah. <laughs> You know, that's a beautiful thing. Continue, please. And the angel of Yahweh appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. Okay. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. See now, any physical minded person, which we still are, Joshua's who I am. He's still working with me. But we, I have come to an understanding that he was having a vision we know if something is being burned, it's going to be consumed. That's right. You know, it's just going to consume itself. You know, he was having a vision. That's how, <clears throat> excuse me, that's how Yahweh works with every person that he has. It's a vision. Let's pause right there. Let's get Habakkuk two and two, because we have to prove these things. Um, you tell somebody, and I was there too. Oh, a vision. Oh, here we go again. But that's how Yahshua, Yahweh works. See now, I'm so sorry. Let's get the um, let's get the name chart really quick, just because it's it's right there. Um, Dr. Nelson, hold where you are, mm -hmm. and just get just get the name chart really quickly. Okay, so we see down here where it says Yahweh is spirit. We know that he is pure spirit. We can't discern him. We can't touch him. We can't see him. So he took on the shape and form as Yahweh Elohim. So now, you know, he, he is a, this is a super incorporeal form. You know, you see right there is manifested in visions to Moses, John, and the prophets. Also seen at transfiguration by Peter, James, and John. So he took on a shape and form and appeared to men in visions. Mm -hmm. Then later on, he walked the earth plane as Joshua the Messiah, a physical body. They was able to touch him and see him, talk to him. You know, so those three, though he, he's, Yahweh is always pure spirit. That's, that's what he is, but he has two manifestations, Elohim, word or son, and then Yahshua, Holy Spirit. But he was seen in visions. So let's get, um, what did I ask for? Habakkuk, two and one. And this is the same vision that the founder had. Now, if he said anything differently, then he would have been alive. He said the exact same thing and then was able to make charts so we could see it. So let's get um, Habakkuk, please. If you're muted, I can't hear you. Uh, no, okay. Sorry, uh, but <laughs> do you have it? Um, yeah, I can read it for you. Okay. All right, that's Habakkuk 2 and 1. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. 
-hmm. And Yahweh answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. See, isn't that something? See, the vision. Write the vision and make it plain upon tables. When I first saw that, I almost fell out my chair. You know, the, these things, same Bible. <laughs> it's just we read it differently because we have an understanding. So now that's how Yahweh has worked with everybody. We have even had a vision. You see what we're looking at? You know, so he said, go back to Moses. We're at Moses and Moses is now having a vision. It said the angel of Yahweh appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He's having a vision. Dr. Nelson, you can continue, please. And behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. Mm -hmm. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush is not burnt. See, even that 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 verse three is is it's amazing once you understand it see now this is a mystery over there in colossians it talks about the mystery that has been hid but is now made manifest to the sons that's why i'm always crying it's a wonderful thing he said let me turn aside to see not physically so, because when you want to see something, you have to look straight at it. So he turned aside all of the things that, that whatever he was thinking about, he had to turn it off. This was a great sight that he was looking at. So let me turn aside to see this great sight. He was focused. He said, okay. So when he was focused, what did Yahweh do? So continue, please. And when Yahweh saw that he turned aside to see, Elohim called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. Right now, this can, this can, this can possibly cause you to be confused because you see the angel, you know, now you're saying Yahweh, and then you, now you're seeing Elohim. You have to understand that's the same, one and the same. It's no three different whatever. That's what the world teaches. It can't even be, it, it can't even be backed up. The Trinity is, 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 is a bunch of crap, excuse me, but it is, it's confusion. But once you understand Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua, these three are one, then there you go. Then now we're working with something because the, that, that, um, that confusion and then that, um, that mess is just being slowly just chipped away from you. You know, that's, that's the process of this. Everything that we learned, you know, my in-law said that glad bag, put all that trash that you've learned in that bag. You know, we're going to need more than one, you know? So once you understand the supernal nature of Yahweh, that is, you can, you can, you can work with something then, you know, you start off wrong, you go, Hey, Yahshua has saved us. He has, he has really done the thing with us. He has completely just changed our, um, our thinking. That's right. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that. Continue, please. And when Yahweh saw that he turned aside to see, Elohim called unto him out of the midst of the bush and Moses and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, 
here am I. Right. He didn't run. He said, look, here I, here I am. I'm right here. That's right. <laughs> Continue. And he said, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the Elohim of thy father, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon Elohim. You know, this is the proper, this is the, this is the most proper introduction ever. Yes. See, that's why we have Romans 1, 19 and 20. This physical, what we do in this physical life gives us, uh, um, uh, it helps us to underst understand the spirit, which is the reality. Now, when you meet somebody, you just don't stand in front of their faces Hi, man. Hi, girl. Hi, boy. Hey, you come here. It's a proper introduction. That's right. He said, look, I am the father. I am, I am the Elohim of thy father, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob. Mm. I would have hid my face too. That's Moses right. was like, oh my goodness. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Continue, please. <laughs> Moreover, he said, Oh, I did read that. I'm sorry. The seventh verse. And mm -hmm. Yahweh said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I don't want to keep interrupting you, interrupting you, but I just have to say something. Right. He put them down there, people. I start off by saying we have to know who's running the show. Right. He put them down there. He took them out. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what he do. He does for us. It's, it will always be a resurrection. Even before I understood death, burial, and resurrection, I just always, it's, it's got to get better. It can't get no worse. Right. I've always felt like that. It's going to be a resurrection. Continue, please. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Yes. And, and to bring them up out of that land mm -hmm. unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Pezuzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Pause one second. I see the five minute bell. Thank you. See now come now therefore, but Moses, he like, we here at this bush. What, what you have to come back. <laughs> Joshua, he is amazing. That's why you can't escape him. He's everywhere. Go down to um the 13th verse, please. And, and Moses said unto Elohim, behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, the Elohim, the Elohim of your fathers have sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? This was like the best um, conversation ever. Mm -hmm. You know, Moses understood the traditions in Egypt. He grew up in Egypt. You can still today Google, get some information on Egypt. The, the gods, go downtown to the museum. The gods down there had names. Yes. Moses knew that. Yes, it's the same Bible, y'all. Mm -hmm. He said, what will I tell them your name is when I go down there? He couldn't just say whatever. Mm -hmm. So, okay, continue, continue. King James Version, and Elohim said unto Moses, I am that I am. 
And he said, thus shall thou say unto the children of Israel, I am have sent me unto you. See, now we know that that is incorrect. Mm -hmm. See, we use the Holy Name Bible, which has the, the true, correct um, name and title in it. It still has some little blunders. The King, the King James Bible that has the title and the, um, the incorrect name. So we, and so we can go back, we can compare, see the version, um, the vision corrects the version. We have right. to understand that. So he said, I will be, That's or he right. said, Aya, Asha, Aya, you got to come back. Mm -hmm. But he said, I will be, yeah. have sent me unto you. That's what you're going to tell them. Continue. Okay. And Elohim said moreover unto Moses, thus shall thou say unto the children of Israel, Yahweh, the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob have sent me unto you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial until all generations. See, he told him again, see the Elohim of your fathers, of Jacob, Abraham. I tell them, I, Yahweh, this is my name forever. And this is a memorial unto all generations. When you go down there, you tell them Yahweh sent you, but it's some more to that. You know, here come Moses with the excuses. You know how we are. But when I go down there, but I can't speak. What did Yahweh say? Who made man's mouth? I know you can't speak. That's why I got you. You know, he put us in it, y'all. He's going to take us out. The understanding that we have of him is paramount. Can nobody take that from us? I'm so happy. Remember, a name is important. You know, it's very important. It describes you, your characteristics. You know, you say, oh, you know, April down the street. Well, when you think of April, you may think, okay, she may be nice. She may be mean. She may be this. She may be that. See, that's the same thing, you know. Then what Yahweh did, he sent, he, he showed Moses who he was. He sent him down there, you know. He he the next chapter, Exodus. I know I'm I'm running out of time, so I'm rushing. No, he said, throw that that the cane that you have on the ground. What did it do? It turned into a serpent. He he ran. <laughs> he ran. He said, pick that, pick it up, pick that tail though. We know that it's, it's, it, was, it was not, it's the T-A-L-E, that tail that has been told this whole time. Pick it up from the tail. It turned back, put your hand in your bosom, came out leprous as snow, put it back, fleshly. See, he showed him who he was right off. He said, now you go down there with that name, but I'm a hardened Pharaoh's heart. I'm a hardened his heart because I have something I have to do. You can still see the devastation in Egypt. Research it. He sent down them 10 Davis devastating plagues that tore up Egypt and those gods. He tore down every one of those gods. It's only one Yahweh. It's, it will always be only one. So whatever, you know, you worshiping or thinking, it's a figment of your imagination. That had to be revealed to me. So much more I want to say. It's just an amazing thing to be a part of. And I don't want to say the class. See, it's Yahshua in you. It's not the class. It's Yahshua right. in you. Because you can take it everywhere. <laughs> He's always with you. And you are aware of it. That's, right. that's what makes me just, just head over heels about this thing. He is with me. And he's showing me something. And I can share it. But I know it's him that's doing the work. I'm so happy he has given me this life.
honestly, just just overwhelmed. I, I love you all. Thank you for the opportunity. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Dr. Lewis. And for our second speaker of this morning's class, we'll be happy to call on the superintendent from the Southfield, Michigan class, Dr. Jarrell Lewis. You may have to give him one second, one second, please. No problem, take your time. They gotta play handoff with the baby. <laughs> I'm sorry, can you call another speaker? Okay, no problem. And for our next speaker, we're happy to call on from the Southfield, Michigan class, Dr. Barbara Brazil. Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me? Hello? Yes, yes we can hear oh, you. Okay, good. I was hoping it was working. It is good to have an opportunity to to have something to say about this amazing gospel. I was listening to April and it's, it's just really something, just how Yahweh has given us so much. You know, he's given us so much. You know, we came into class and someone told us about class and many of us didn't believe it. And those that did believe it, we came in or that kind of believed it or whatever. We came in, Yahweh brought us in and set us down and and start showing us his divine vision and revelation and made us, he made us to understand this gospel. We didn't just understand this on our own volition. You know, we didn't just, you know, heard with, you know, people reading scriptures and going to class like the brick and mortar building. And, and then we just got it from that, you know, because we were smart. No, Yahweh had to literally break this vision down for us. He had to come out of that pure spirit state and come down like he always has and, and did it for us. We couldn't do it ourselves. That's the only way we would have been able to understand or that we can understand what this gospel is about. And it's through the vision and revelation that Yahweh has given to Dr. H.C. Kenley. He just showed us his mercy. You know, he gave us something. You see what I'm saying? He's saving us. You know, he, this, this is, it's just, an, I have, I'm so filled with so many things. I don't even know where to go. So I'll just let Yashua just, just lead me. Um, April was talking about how it's Yashua that's in you is your only hope and glory. And that is so true. It's like, it's the Holy Spirit. Get over there, Ephesians 2 and 1, because I'm not sure exactly where I'm going. But um, I know that I get over there. I, I guess that's where it talks about where he quickened us who were once dead. You know, we were dead and he made us alive. I think it's over there. So if you can pick that up for me. Um, you said Ephesians. Uh, it's around 2 and 1. I'm not okay. sure. That's Ephesians 2 and 1, yes. And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, mm -hmm. wherein in times past, you walked according to the course of this world, mm -hmm. according to the prince of the power of the air. Okay, now see, just listen to that. Who's the prince of the power of the air that we walked according to? Mm -hmm. That was that what was that old boy, Satan. We, you know, we walked according to, we was disobedient. We lusted the flesh and... 
all of that in the mind and you know continue reading mm -hmm. wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world mm -hmm. according to the prince of the power of the air Mm -hmm. the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience see that's the spirit you know that's that's the satan satan that satanic spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience but mm -hmm. see my point i'm trying to get to is that he quickened us who were there does it say that did you already read that or yeah two and one yeah and you okay. have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins mm-hmm Wherein times past, you walked according to the course of this world, mm -hmm. according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, mm. among whom also we all had our deportment in times past, yes. in the lust of our flesh, mm -hmm. fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Mm -hmm. See, and now we go ahead. I'm sorry. And were by nature the children of wrath, even mm. others. That's right. See, we used to be, you know, we can we have to say used to be because Yahweh took us out from that. We got to recognize what he did for us. Get on there, Romans 8 and 11. He quickened us. And I guess that's what I really wanted to, to say, you know, this how we were dead before. He quickened us. He brought us out from that dead state, just like the children of Israel. You know, they were, you know, he, 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 he circumcised them. You see what I'm saying? He quickened us by bringing them through that, um, um, Red Sea out into the wilderness of Sinai, you know, he, he quickened, he quickened us, you know, continue reading there in uh, Romans 8 and 11. That's Romans 8 and 11. Mm -hmm. But if the spirit of him that raised up Yahshua from the dead dwell in you, mm -hmm. he that raised up the Messiah from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies mm -hmm. by his spirit that dwell mm -hmm. in you. Now see that? See, if that spirit of Yahshua dwell in you, it's that same spirit that's going to quicken these mortal bodies, you see, and raise us up, you know, to sit before Yahweh. See, and we're, we're going to be sitting here like we are now. Yes, yes, Yahweh, I understand. Yes, Yahshua is the one that brought me out. Yahshua is the one. Our conversation is going to be different. It has to be because he's quickened us. He's put his spirit in us. You see, whereas before we were like, like the previous speaker was saying, who were once dead, you know, we're now made alive. But see, he quickened us by that uh, spirit, his precious spirit, him dying on the cross, you know, for us. And he talks about how by grace are we saved. We are saved by grace. Only Yahshua can do this, his mercy and his grace. And that's what I'm saying. It's like he has showed me so many things. That, you know, all I know, all I don't understand everything, but that that he is causing me to understand, I pray and ask Yahshua, please don't ever take it away from me. Please just keep it in my heart and my mind. That's right. Keep me wanting to know you as you really are and actually exist. Because I tell you, it's rough out here. It's not like we have, a, you know, even though he's given us his spirit, we're still in these physical bodies. You see what I'm saying? And we're contending. That's why it talks about over there, you know, to contend for the faith. You see, because it's the faith. And it's the faith, excuse me, it's the faith in Yahshua the Messiah. Because without faith, I think it talks about it over in First Peter, how you can't please Yahweh without faith. Could you get that for me, please? Oh, my voice is kind of, it's more. 
where it talks about it over in face first Peter, I believe. Um, I know it's Hebrews 11. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Hebrews 11 and 6. Yes. Okay. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Go ahead. For he that cometh to Yahweh must believe that he is mm-hmm. and that he is a, re- a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Mm-hmm. That is so true. It's like without faith, you cannot please Yahweh. You just can't do it. You see, and so he set up, he, he set up a way to go about, you know, whereby we may understand him. And it's by faith, it's by repetition, like the previous speaker was talking about, to the law and to the testimony. If you speak not according to this word, it's because there is no light or understanding in you. You see, so he set up a way, he gave us a tabernacle pattern by which we can go by, you see, and use to validate you know, his existence, his, you know, the, 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 the true Yahshua, the true savior, not all these, you know, other folks and priests and all these other folks in the world today that they're still worshiping, but we can now validate and prove, you see, that Yahweh truly exists and he exists in us. That is our only hope of glory is him in you. You see, so it's, it's like, he is the glory. Yahshua Messiah is the glory of Yahweh. And so it's like he he died. You see what I'm saying? To put his spirit in us. And that's like I said, the glory of Yahweh. You see, so it's it's um he's given us so much and so many ways to prove, you know, that he is who he is. Now get over there and get the tabernacle pattern for me. I really didn't have too much in my mind, even though I felt full. It's um you know, but get the tabernacle pattern over there. And I think it talks about, uh, okay, over here, where it talks about on the left, when the children of Israel had to offer up sacrifices and those animals that they had to offer up or those sacrifices, they had to, uh, he had, they had to kill the uh, sacrifices and the blood from that sacrifices for you were used, you know, so that they, if they didn't kill the sacrifices, they would be killed. So they had to offer up the sacrifices and the blood of the sacrifices. Um, and the brazen labor, they, when they killed the sacrifices down here in the altar, and then the brazen labor was the water by which uh, the priest had to uh, wash the sacrifices. And, and then the holy anointing oil was used, was represent, you see, that quickening you see, and so after they had to wash the sacrifices for the cleansing and all of that, that holy anointing oil, which is that fourth uh, uh, step here at the door, and that was used as a quickening, you see, of the spirit, you know, and the quickening, or like an unto Yahshua, see, he's, he's the quickening spirit. He's the discerner of all things. You see what I'm saying? So it's, um, you know, that quickening, once again, I just wanted to pick up that quickening part in the holy, in the uh, tabernacle pattern, you know, just how he's given us so much by just, we have to go through this death, we have to go through this burial, and then that resurrection is likened into that quickening, you see, and so that's how everything goes according to his divine tabernacle pattern, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, and it's, um, you can take the example over there with Noah in the ark. And so Noah, now Yahweh declared that uh, in the, the end of all flesh had come. You see, if you get over there in the uh, um, elementary chart, and he had declared that the end of all flesh had come. You see, and so 
by the end of our flesh having come, you know, he, he you know, all the, he, he declared he had already set this up. You see, it was going to be a flood. I was watching this movie last night, you know, just quickly. And uh, since I said flood or thought of flood, you know, the movie was called The Flood. And I never saw anything like that. It wasn't a biblical movie, but I had never, as much as I watch TV at night, late, you know, it, um, you know, I guess I'm just shocked. I never saw this movie called The Flood. You know, first I was thinking, I wonder they talking about Noah and his ark and all of that. It didn't have anything to do with that. But the depiction of this flood in this movie was awesome. I, I couldn't even believe it. It's like, and, and this is me watching something naturally. But it's, it was it was unbelievably real, you know, I mean, the way it looked and then the way they depicted how the flood, you know, just came out of nowhere, you know, kind of sort of and uh, was just killing everybody. This was this was over and. Um, oh, gosh, over there near Boston somewhere. Anyhow, some somewhere way over there, somewhere in the city, in the world. And uh, it was killing everybody, everything in his path. And they couldn't believe it. They couldn't stop it. And it's just the way people were dying, you know, and it just made me think of, I got Yeshua had, he, he caused this flood, you know, back then, you know, with um, Noah and the ark and how he caused Noah to build an ark of safety, you know, so they can be saved from this flood, you know, that he had already destined to happen. You see, and so, and I was thinking when the flood happened back here with Noah and the ark, you know, how devastating that must have been. It was people, the world was populated. It was people and just how they were probably running to and fro everywhere to try to, they couldn't get in the ark, you know, because he had already closed the door. Yahweh had closed the door, but they didn't believe. See, they didn't believe. They didn't believe. They didn't believe him when he was saying, it's gonna rain. See, it's got to rain. You got to get in the ark. The ark being Yahshua, the Messiah. You know, they never saw rain come down from the sky before, just to mess from the ground. But the point is, is that Noah was saying this. He was preaching that death, that burial and resurrection. What was going to happen? It's, this is going to happen. It's going to rain. If you don't, you know, get into the ark, you're going to die. You see? And so that's what Yahweh had him causing. He was preaching the death the burial and the resurrection. And that's exactly what happened. And so the, the, all the people that could, that he had preached to when he they they didn't come with him, but see, y'all had already purposed that. It was just Noah and his family. He had already purposed that's all who would be saved in that ark, you see. And so they were, they were saved. He closed that door and the others were left out. So just like now, okay, we're preaching the death, the burial, the resurrection, the blood, the water, the spirit of Yahshua to the law, to the testimony. If they preach not according to this word, it's because like April was saying, there's no understanding or light in them. They don't have no understanding of Yahweh, who he is, what he came in to do. You see, we don't, you know, we didn't understand that before until he showed it to us. You see, so the only way we can, we can do that, he had to give us a pattern or something to, uh, uh, to guide us or to show us just like a, just like a ruler, you know, you have a ruler and it's, uh, well, not 36 inches. I'm not good with figures or anything, but I'm just, if you had a ruler to measure something. And so 
if you didn't have the ruler, you, you go, well, I guess that's probably 36 inches, you know, or uh, 10 feet or whatever. You know, you're looking at something, a floor or something, and I guess it's about that. But see, you can't be sure. If you had a ruler or some type of measuring rod, you can take that ruler and put it on the area that you want to measure. And it's going to give you exactly what it is. And so that's like a standard. And so that's the way Yahweh set up this tabernacle pattern. It's like a standard. If you don't use this tabernacle pattern or go by this tabernacle pattern of the death, the burial, resurrection, because that's the way Yahweh set it up, you see what I'm saying? Then you, you, you're going to be all wrong. You see, you're just going to be wrong. You're not going to get it right. And so when we were out in the world before we came into this gospel, we were, we were not preaching and teaching by a tabernacle pattern. We, many of us had not even probably heard of a tabernacle pattern. You know, now that today some people have heard of it because we've been out here preaching it the way Yahweh set it up, you know. Uh, so the whole world, you know, it's, it's on the internet, it's everywhere, you know. Mm -hmm. And so some of them preach, try to preach it, you know, but I'm saying, or has become aware of the tabernacle pattern, but not necessarily that everything goes according to it. Mm -hmm. You see, everything goes according, everything, like the previous speaker was saying, goes according to the tabernacle pattern. There's nothing that doesn't go according to this pattern. And that's what makes it so pretty because it makes it easy for us to, understand and see Yahweh as he really is and actually exists, that he is real. We have proof. We can prove it. And the way we prove it is by the tabernacle pattern. So he's given that to us. You see, that's that's our stronghold that we have. That's how we can prove you wrong, world. See, that's how we can prove you don't have it right, preacher. You saw by this tabernacle pattern. You see, and it's, it's, it's just amazing. That's what I'm saying, because it is actually um, the measuring rod. You see, so he's got, you know, you've got Noah. Okay, like I said, and he, you know, the, the, by the tabernacle pattern or how the flood came and, and that's the death. And then they were buried in those waters, you see. And, um, excuse me. And then they were buried in those waters. And then the um, the um, the waters resurrect. Well, not the waters, but the um, the ark resurrected. You see, from those waters, and they started from after that. It was a whole new generation of people that started a whole new generation, a, a mm -hmm. whole another world, so to speak. You see, but it's like everything goes according to this tabernacle pattern. You know, when the uh, uh, children of Israel back here that was in Egypt. You know, and they had to, uh, Yahweh told them in order to exit out of Egypt, he got to take out a lamb. So he told them to take out the lamb, you know, take the blood of that lamb, you see, and put it on the lintel on the two side posts on the inside of your house or your doors where you, where you stayed. And, and then early that next morning, you see what I'm saying? They had to exit out of there. That's the only way they were saved, you see, was by that blood because then that death angel passed over them. You see, down in Egypt, it passed over them. And, and you know, I mean, just to think about this, see, that blood had to be on the inside of them. The blood we're talking about, that blood is pointing to the blood of Yahshua, the Messiah, though. See, he was the only true sacrifice of the only worthy sacrifice that can atone for our sin. It was Yahshua. It was never the, uh, it was never these animals that were slayed out here, uh, you know, before it was never them. It wasn't their blood. It was the blood of Yahshua, the Messiah. See, he's the only one that was worthy. 
Oh boy, it's, it's, it's so much, it's just so much, you know? So they put the blood on the inside of their doors and early that next uh, morning, they, you know, Yeshua had them march on out of there, you know, to and through the Red Sea, killing Pharaoh and his host that was, that that eagerly pursued behind them. But see, Yahweh had a purpose, excuse me. Yahweh had a purpose and uh, he purposed it to be that way, to show us, you know, I am your savior. He's showing salvation through everything he's done. He's showing how he fulfilled everything and that he is our salvation through everything that he set up, these pretty Bible stories that we read. He's the one that brought us through everything. Mm -hmm. You see, so it's like, we got to know this. You know, you got to know, like you say, well, what did, what did God do for me? You know, I used to, when I was in church, it's like, okay, so I went to church. Now what? So what was I supposed to feel a certain way? Was I supposed to, I always just felt guilty. I don't know about anybody else, but, you know, used to go to church and always felt guilty. What, what did I get out of it? I felt guilty and broke because either I always had to pay my little tithes, you know, with the little money I had and, uh, and then just guilty. It didn't really do anything for me. I still always had that in my heart and mind, like God, you know, that's what I was saying then, God, what, what? So what do I, what is this about? I used to say things like that to myself. What, you know, how do I see you? How do I know that you are real? You see them saying they, they, they preached in church about everything else, you know, their house, their this, the money they need, this and that and everything like on the outside of you, you know, nothing, never spiritual, you see. And it's like, I, you know, it was nothing they, you, they didn't have a pattern. They weren't going by a tabernacle pattern, using that to show us how Yahshua died, was buried and resurrected or shed his blood, water spirit for us. You see, they didn't tell us about uh, uh, Pentecost and how after the day of Pentecost and he poured out the Holy Spirit, you know, in those men up there in the upper room, you see, and then sent them out to preach the same gospel that we're preaching now, because they're not preaching the gospel. You see, the, the ministers and those that those people that's out in churches and stuff like that in synagogues, they're not preaching this. It's only one true gospel. You see, and it's like, and so Yahweh had to show us that because many of us, we didn't know. We didn't know that it was just one true gospel. We didn't know. You know, it's just like when I first heard about Yahweh is um, uh, a spirit. I mean, I mean, yeah, when Yahweh is a spirit. And I used to always say when I would hear that, like uh, it's a spirit, of, it's a spirit of God or a spirit. Or I used to hear that term a lot. And I used to say a spirit to myself. So there's another spirit. Oh, that's why it's a spirit, because there's another spirit, you know, which is a satanic spirit. That's what I used to say. Then you come to class and then I'm hearing Yahweh is not a spirit. That means that there's another spirit. You, you know what I'm saying? Yahweh is the spirit. You see what I'm saying? And he's got two manifestations of that one spirit, you see? And so it's, it's, it's just so many things that we've learned, you know, from being in this class. There's so many things that Yahweh has allowed us to get straight, to get it right, to, you know, like, you know, he's going to have us walking down straight street. You see what I'm saying? Because we have to do this. We have to do this in order to be a son of Yahweh. Get over there. And um, I think it's John, you know. Uh, I'm still talking about the spirit that quickened us. I think it's over in John 6. And it makes me think of the, the 63 kernel uh, uh, nerves. And that's how I used to always remember that scripture. I think it's 663. I'm not certain, but it's somewhere over there. You know, where it talks about, I think it's still talking about how Yahweh has quickened us. Yes, that's John 6 and 63. 
It is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh. But ye say, the flesh profited nothing. Mm-hmm. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And see, it's the words that the, the words and the and the and Yahweh has given these prophets the words. You know, they're not speaking on their own volition. They were they had the, you know, yeah, at that time before he poured out the Holy Spirit, he was in and out of bodies. You see them saying, preaching his own death, burial, and resurrection. But see, it's the words that they were preaching. Uh, speaking is spirit and truth is that what it says Let's read that again mm-hmm. john 6 63 mm-hmm. it is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh mm-hmm. but ye sh- but ye say the flesh profited nothing mm-hmm. the words that i speak unto you they are spirit and they are life okay they are spirit and they are life you see and it's the it's the life you know <laughs> Oh boy, it's just so much. They are spirit and they are like, that's how we can sit over here, everyone in different cities and uh, different, you know, we're all in our individual homes and things like that. Some may be somewhere else, you know, but you can just log in, see, log in and you can listen to these words of spirit and life. What I'm saying is Yahweh has given it to us like that. So he's, you don't have to be like, I mean, not saying it's not, I mean, I, you know, to be good when we go back to our, our brick and mortar building, but I'm just saying Yahweh is so merciful. He's allowing us to still hear, to still hear his word wherever we are. See, you, you got to want to know Yahweh. You can't just be lax daisy, like whatever, whatever. You got to really want to know Yahweh. And it's a scripture that talks about uh, I don't know how it goes. All I know is that you have to believe that Yahweh is, you know, you, if you know what I'm talking about, it talks about that. You got to first believe that he is, you can't just, you can't see, so you got to believe he exists. You can't, some people don't even, you, you know, you got these folks, I forgot what they're called. They don't even believe in a, in a, uh, um, and a God at all, you know, are they infidels or what are they called? You know, but I'm just see, you first got to believe that Yahweh is, you know, you can't be, you know, it's, it's just finish reading a little bit more there. April, just a little bit more of that same scripture. Yes, I'm sorry. Okay, mm-hmm. John 6 and 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh, but mm-hmm. you say the flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Mm-hmm. But there are some of you that believe not. For Yahshua knew from the beginning who mm-hmm. they were that believed not. See, he knew already. You see, mm-hmm. it's not like Yahweh is not like thinking of what to do and who to right. whatever as we go along. You know, mm-hmm. this was this story was already written. He already knew. He That's put right. in chapter 20, 21 that so-and-so was going to reject this gospel you see, or whatever. He already knew that. And so when chapter nine, when chapter 20 ended, we knew, you know, he did, the person didn't know, but see all prior that, you know, they had little signs and stuff like that. And then boom, this is the day that, you know, they actually rejected, you know, the guy Yahweh knows, he knows Mm -hmm. everything because he's doing everything. That's right. You know, it's not like we, we got something to do with something. We don't have nothing to do with nothing. You see, that's the, and it's like the quicker we get to understand that. You see, we, you want to be led by the Holy Spirit of Yahshua, the Messiah. You don't want to be continuously uh, uh, tossed to and fro, as he talked about, with every wind of doctrine out there. You see what I'm saying? We, we should be sick of that, people. 
you know, we still here today, but we should be able to clearly see, clearly see where we came from, to clearly see that. And so if we can clearly see where we came from, see all praises and glory has to go to Yahshua the Messiah, the only one that brought us out. You see, because we did not do this on our own. That's right. We just didn't. We didn't do it on our own. We don't take credit for any of this. This gospel is too precious. You see, it's like, you know, it's just it's too much. It's too precious. We can't do this. You know, we can't help Yahweh do anything. All he asks us to do is it's a scripture that talks about, you know, if you just believe. Do you know what I'm talking about? This is scripture where it talks about if you believe on him. Yes, that's in John 6 and 29. Okay. Could you read that? As Yahshua answered and said unto them, this mm -hmm. is the work of Yahweh, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. Mm -hmm. This is the work of Yahweh, that you believe on him. Who, oh, it's just really something. They didn't believe him. See, Yahweh, he was walking around in the flesh over there back, uh, I think it's over even in Acts. Mm -hmm. And they did not believe Yahshua. You know, they killed people that was even believe in Yahshua. You see what I'm saying? Because they didn't believe Yahshua. Mm -hmm. And he was like, if you would just, thank you, I see the bell. And if you, you just read that again, uh, Dr. Uh, Nelson. Yahshua answered and said unto them, mm -hmm. this is the work of Yahweh, mm -hmm. that ye believe on him whom he have sent. Mm -hmm. So you have to believe on Yahshua the Messiah. Mm -hmm. You have to believe on him. You know, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing, you know, is the word of Yahweh. See, the Holy Spirit is by faith. You have to believe, and the only way you can believe on him is through the principles that he's laid down. You know, the death, the burial, resurrection, the blood, the water, spirit principles that he's laid out in this tabernacle pattern to prove to us that he is who he say he is. You see what I'm saying? He's got witnesses to prove that, gazillion witnesses. You see, that Yahweh can prove who he is. See, he, he's just asking us just to believe on some of them. Just believe on, just, just give me a little something. Believe on something that I have showed you. You see what I'm saying? Don't, you know, it's like if you, uh, they even have a thing called blind faith. Faith. You see, you can't, you can't have blind faith in this gospel. You cannot. They have that out in the world. You got to know the difference. You see, we, the, this gospel, having the true faith of Yahshua, because Yahshua is faith. Faith is the, get over there, and what is that, Hebrews, just pick that up right quick. Yahshua is the true faith. And, and substitute faith with Yahshua's name, just to prove it, just little things that he's set up in the Bible. You mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? Because everything points to him, everything. That's right. Because Hebrews, go ahead, Hebrews, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's Hebrews 11 and 1. Mm -hmm. Now, Yahshua is the substance of things hoped for, mm -hmm. the evidence of things not seen. See, now, Yahshua is the substance, where it says in the Bible, now, faith is the substance. Okay, go ahead. For it, the elders obtained a good report. Mm -hmm. Through through Yahshua, we understand that the ages were ordained by the world, I'm sorry, by the word of Elohim. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So that things which were not in evidence are now seen coming mm-hmm. to pass. Mm-hmm. But ahead. faith, Abel offered unto Yahweh a more ex- excellent sacrifice than Cain, mm-hmm. by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Right. See, now that was the sacrifice Abel offered up, you know, uh, a sacrifice that was pleasing unto Yahweh. You see what I'm saying? And that's why he, you know, you know, but his brother got jealous of that instead of him trying to offer up or to, you know, he just killed his brother, you see, because he had to show Yahweh just showing that principle of that satanic spirit. You see what I'm saying? But go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. By faith, Abel offered unto Yahweh a more excellent sacrifice than mm-hmm. Cain, by mm-hmm. which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Mm-hmm. Yahweh testifying of his gifts and by it, he being dead yet speaketh. Mm-hmm. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death mm-hmm. and was not and was not found because mm-hmm. Yahweh had translated him. Mm-hmm. For see, all, his trans- mm-hmm. Go ahead. See, all of that, like she's reading, where she's saying by faith, you say it's or it's by Yahshua. Yahshua did this. Yahshua did this. Yahshua did this. Yahshua did this. Yahshua did it all, people. He did it all. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You can't see Yahweh because he's spirit. We're talking spiritually here. You see, so it's like, you just, I, I didn't really have too much to say. It's just that I'm so caught up with the awesomeness and the, of this gospel, you know, the, the mercy that Yahweh has bestowed upon us all. You know, we should be forever grateful. And I know we are. You know, so it's like this here is these are pearls. He's brought us in class. We're still in class. You know, we're still in class, people. We got to be down here. To not be here is just unbelievable. This, I can't imagine not being here. What would you do? You say, what, you know, to not hear this gospel? What would you rather hear? Mm-hmm. See, it's, it's like, you know, to, 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 to not understand why this and this is happening. What, what would you rather? Mm-hmm. No, you see, or go through what you you rather be in the dark all your life. We've been in the dark forever. Mm-hmm. Like the children of Israel were down there in Egypt. That's a dark place. They've been there when he brought them out. That was glorious. See, he resurrected them. He brought us out. He resurrected us. This is glorious. He, he, he took us from where we were, you know, that darkness, you know, all that ignorance and darkness. He quickened us. So I, that's, I don't want to go on and on, you know, but that's mm-hmm. all I have to say. And I just hope uh, that somebody got something out of it through Yahshua the Messiah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Brazil. And for our next speaker, I'm happy to call on from the Southville, Michigan, Michigan class, the Dean, Dr. Marvin Lewis. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. It's uh, an honor and a privilege to be able to be a part of this great gospel and to be able to understand even a inkling of what Yahweh is trying to get us to see and understand about him through his son, Yahshua the Messiah. And I wanna say that um, I appreciate the words of the previous speakers because what they talked about was the subject matter, which is Yahshua the Messiah and what he has done to accomplish our salvation. So now 
once we come to understand that, we realize that there really is no room for me or you in the equation at all. We are simply beholden to the things that Yahshua has accomplished through his son, Yahshua. And then we come to realize that Yahweh did these things for his sons or us. Now, I want someone to go back and get the scripture reading, which I thought was very interesting, long, but uh, very interesting. And it uh, told a lot about uh, what Yahshua has accomplished uh, by his suffering the death on the cross, see, and surrendering to the will of the Father, which is what our destination should be, or our attempt, or our desire should be, is that we um, surrender to the will of Yahweh through Yahshua the Messiah. And um, by doing that, and by accepting that, then it will greatly enhance the probability and the possibility of us uh, inheriting eternal life. And eternal life, not just eternal life, because sometimes we say eternal life and we think that uh, that's such a great thing, but you know there is gonna be an eternal life that's gonna be in damnation too. So when we do say eternal life, then we wanna be specific and uh, dead on the point of what, we, what type of eternal life we're talking about there. Uh, which is in Yahshua Messiah. Now, there's no other way to obtain the eternal life in glory or in glorification with Yahshua, but through Yahshua Messiah. There's absolutely no one that is able to guarantee that you're in that family, see, that you're a member of that family at the instantaneous revelation of Yahshua Messiah. And what Yahweh has given us an opportunity to do. And the founder would say it like this. Now, every tub has to set on its own bottom. So in other words, you're responsible for the things that Yahweh presents to you factually, undeniable proof, indelible markings and indications of the way things really are and actually exist. So that once you take these things, and Yahweh gives you a, enough sense, and the founders say like this, now Yahweh has given you sufficient mental capacity to realize these things when they are pointed out to you, and when some things are compared to other things, to give you the independent thought process that you can determine the difference between right and wrong. Now, you were taught that from a child. Any parent that's worth his weight in sand makes an attempt to differentiate with his offspring the difference between right, wrong, good, bad, up, down, in, out, because these opposites or opposing views are things that you must know in order to use sound judgment in determining or affecting within yourself whether something's right or wrong, whether it's proper or improper. So Yahweh has given you that capacity so that at the instantaneous revelation of Yahshua the Messiah, absolutely no one will have an excuse. That old saying, 
that we often heard, those of us that have had children or have children still, regardless of what age they are now. See, we've heard that excuse and it was not sharing. Hold on a second, my battery's getting low. I'm gonna plug in here. Uh, but what we've come to understand is we didn't accept it as an excuse for my children when they would say, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that you didn't want me to eat those cookies. See, and what we've told them is we said, don't think about it, just do as you're told. Now that's what Yahweh wants his children to do. And that's what we are. He wants us to do as we are told. And we are told to worship Yahweh with your heart. Get that scripture too, but start with the scripture lessons first. Let me start there. And I'm not going to be brief. I mean, I'm going to be brief. <laughs> Nobody wanted to hear. I'm not going to be brief, but I'm not going to be long. And I don't have that much time anyhow. So that works out perfectly. So start with the scripture lesson, please. That's Acts 2 and 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Now and we're talking about, now excuse me, reader, but we're talking about the situation when at the day of Pentecost, after the death, burial, resurrection of Yahshua the Messiah, that all the disciples and his followers were in an upper room. Now watch this. This is how Yahweh puts that thing down there so that I don't care what your previous upbringing was, there's enough proof that you would have to accept the truth. And if you don't, there's a price to pay for that. Now, why did Yahweh have this in an upper room? See, because you have to be elevated from your regular carnal thought pattern. In other words, you have to do what everybody obtains to do, wanna reach the apex of understanding and knowledge and stuff like that. That's what the whole world doing, trying to figure out why is it, uh, why are we having all these wildfires and things like that? See? And they're trying to look at it from a physical standpoint. See, well, because of climate change and because of the excessive heat and heat domes and this and that, this is why we have it. Your problem is, is you have not been elevated. You have not gone to the upper room. You are still flat foot on the ground. And all you can see is what's around you because everything Yahweh made in this creation is taller than me and you. The trees are taller, the buildings are taller, the sky is taller, all of it's above us. So if you don't look up or elevate your understanding or your knowledge or your opinion, your concept, hear what Yahweh has to say, then you will never have it right because you're bound to the ground. And listen, and the scripture says Yahweh cursed the earth. So as long as you're treading on the earth and you're trying to figure out stuff looking in the dirt, you won't make it. So you have to look up above. You have to conceive the ideal of a creator in your heart and in your mind, just not in a book. See, not in some building built on the ground. Read please. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it now filled this, all there, the- Okay, now there came a sound from heaven. Now, where is heaven? That's above, everybody knows that. Most of us, when we talk about heaven, we look up, our eyes automatically drift up. 
So it's an elevated condition we must be in. We must be able to spiritually and psychologically abandon this earth plane in order to come into a reality, a realization of who the creator is and what he desires. That's the problem we have in this world. Read. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now watch, now you see that? Now those cloven tongues that set upon them, it's depicted in pictures that's right on top of their head or in that elevated state, or Yahweh is piercing the heart and the mind, not pierce, trying to pierce your physical carnal logic. It does not work. Two and two may add up to four, but spirit and physical does not mix. Oil and water don't mix, does it? That's strictly just an example to show you when you're all typical of spirit. Say, so how do you know that, Marvin? You're just making it up. All you have to do is go to that tabernacle pattern. See? And that oil that was poured on that high priest at his when he was ordained to be authorized to participate in that tabernacle pattern to do the duties of the high priest, he first had to stand in that door, which is indicate an opening. He had to be open to the will of Yahweh. And that oil representing the Holy Spirit had to be poured on his head at the beginning of his ministry. That was signifying the spirit of Yahweh qualifying him to operate in the holy place and on the once, once a year. See, on the Day of Atonement, to present himself, see, in front of the throne of Yahweh, see, and Yahweh forgave the people every year, or in other words, Yahweh accepted that high priest offering because that high priest was operating on a higher plane by having had that holy anointing oil placed on his head, see, above and beyond what those people that were outside of that tabernacle that were looking in, they could not attain to that. Yahweh had not given the ability and it came from Yahweh himself for that high priest. So they set out condemned. They stood out around that tabernacle content, condemned from Adam's condemnation in the garden. And that high priest representing Yahshua the Messiah would present himself before Yahweh for their sake. Not for his. Remember the high priest in a type in the shadow had already been received the Holy Spirit indicated by that holy anointing oil. So he presented himself as Yahshua Messiah did for us. Presented himself to the Father and Yahweh gave, forgave them children of Israel every time. Why? Because look who's presenting himself to Yahweh. That high priest typifying Yahshua the Messiah, who is the only acceptable one to the Father. And since he is the acceptable one to the Father, then Yahweh had no choice but to accept his offering every single year and forgive the children of Israel and allow them to continue on. 
See, it's not complicated, folks. When you understand and you let Yahshua do the talking and you do the listening, see, then we'll come to understand what a great event that Yahweh has allowed for us to come to understand. And by understanding and accepting this, therein lies the possibility that you might be saved. Now, you notice I didn't say guaranteed, but one thing's for sure. If you don't understand Yahweh's purpose and recognize who he is and what he's done, then your chances of salvation are almost nil. So go back to reading the scripture, please. I'm going to try to stay on track. That's the fourth verse. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, the founder of the school had to explain what those other tongues were. See, because I thought I sat in this class for years and I thought um, that those other tongues where they were speaking Spanish and, and Hebrew and uh, uh, um, French and uh, every other language in the world, see, wherever they were born, they were speaking that language. And I, I know many of us thought that. And I was surprised and astonished to find out this, this founder of the school pointed out like this in a lecture. He said, now what languages were you speaking? Keep reading, please. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now watch, now see those, those Jews, now they were Jews, devout men out of every nation. So some of those Jews during the display uh, the spoor, when they were spread out, they went to all other countries. They were taken captivity. They were taken to the other parts of the world and they were subject to the rulers in that time. So when you go to another country and you're subject to the, to the, to the laws and the rules of that country, and if you're going to be there for an indeterminate period of time, what's the first thing you want to do? You want to learn how to speak that language. That's what, that's what you do right now today. My nieces had the opportunity to go to Japan and study. Guess what? When they came back, they could speak Japanese. They would not have been able to navigate through that society unless they learned the language. So the same thing happened to those Jewish people that were dispersed around the world from captivities and wars and things of that nature. They learned the language of the countries they were in, read. Now, when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Now, every man heard them speak in their own language. Now, I used to think that, that oh, well, see, now the people that were there that were Spanish, they heard them speak in Spanish. And the people that were there that were Russian, they heard them speak in Russian. And the people that, there, that were there that were Arabic, they heard them speak in Arabic, wrong. See, this is what I'm saying. It takes an elevated state. And Dr. Kenley pointed out that every last one of those, now who was present in the upper room? Were there any Gentiles up there? No, we never thought about that, have we? Those were Jews and Jews only that were in that upper room. So when they heard someone speak in their own tongue, what tongue were they? Hebrew because they all knew Hebrew before they were dispersed to those other countries and learned the language of the countries they were in, just like you would listen. If you were placed in Spain for an indefinite period of time, you'd learn how to speak Spanish, but your language, your own language is what? 
English. Right, isn't that simple? But now listen, we couldn't work up on that knowledge on our own. Yahweh had to elevate us from the earth plane. Yahweh had to reconcile with our hearts and our minds that this possibility is the exact opposite of what the world would have thought happened. Because in our worldly comprehension, we thought that, oh, well, if they came, that they were Jews that were dispersed to English, well, they were speaking in English. And if they were dispersed to Spain, they were speaking in Spanish and all the Spanish people around there heard them. Now, I hope I made that clear because when Dr. Kenley explained that, when he first explained it in the transcript, I said, what? But after a while, then Yahweh just reconciled with me and said, that makes sense. That's such a logical thing. That's what happens in the world now. Because if you're from the United States and you go to another country and you learn their language, you learn French. When you come back to the United States, you don't start speaking French. You come back and meet your family, you start speaking English because that is your language. Read, please. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Now, what's their own tongue? They were all Jewish. Hebrew was their own tongue. Not Greek, not Spanish, not Russian, not French. Hebrew was their tongue. And they're astonished that we hear all men speaking in our own tongue, even the ones that were from Cappadocia, even the ones that were from Greece, Greece, even the ones that were from around the world that joined that Yahweh brought together. Read. Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia. See all the places they were from? And if you're from, from Medes, you're going to speak their language. And that's what they did. So they were amazed when they got there. All of these men are speaking in Hebrew, and because I'm a Hebrew, I understand it. So Yahweh is manifested in that principle right there, that those who hear his voice have to be in the family, have to be able to speak the same language and understand it. If you can't speak Spanish, you can't understand it. Maybe a couple words you can, but if you don't speak it, you cannot understand the thought process or the comprehension is not there for you to realize and understand what a person is meaning by what they're saying. But if you know the language, then you can go into the depths of what's being said and extract the real fruit or what you really need to know about the statement that that person's making. I'm gonna quit. Go read on please. And in Judea, and in Judea and Cappadocia, in Pontus and Asia, in Phygria and Pamphylia, in Egypt, and in the parts of Libya, about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of Elohim. Now watch this. Now just bring that up to this day, folks. This teaching has gone around the world. This teaching has been accepted wherever it has been gone and preached in earnest. 
and anyone has accepted and willing to hear something about your creator, it has remained. So that's no different than what happened with these boys from the upper room, what they're talking about. They came from everywhere and they dispersed and went back to those countries preaching the gospel. See, and it was heeded to read. 12 verse, and they were all amazed and were in doubt saying one to another, what meaneth this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem. Now listen, all you experts that are standing around, see, and y'all making all these comments like, like when I first came to class, what are they talking about? This makes no sense to me. Listen, these people here. I mean, we've heard, we remember some of the thoughts we had on our first, our second or third time going to a lecture. See, I remember distinctly, and a lot of us do, saying, wait a minute, something's wrong with this picture here. Now, you don't know what my, my first problem was? My first problem was when I went there, I said, uh-oh, there's too many black folks in here. So that's the same thing that happened here. So it's just a repeat, folks. In other words, See, one of the things we learned about from this teaching is that, listen, there's a process that you have to go through and everybody comes the same way. That's why we say, you say, well, I came to class uh, from jail or I came to class from, I was a philosopher, a philosopher and, and taught school and, and I, I came, everybody comes the same way. You have to come low and you have to be humble. And that's what Yahweh did for you through Yahshua to get you to even accept this class. He humbled you in your thoughts and your ideals. See, he caused you to be obedient to the things that he said. We didn't work up that on our own. We didn't have it in us. We couldn't even think a good thought. Every thought we had, there was a contradicting thought that would come right after we thought that. So yes, we were confused. Many of us still are. The world is confused and we are going to have to understand these things before we'll be acceptable to Yahweh through Yahshua. We are going to have to make him the ruler in our life, not our job, not our boss, not our brothers, not our sisters, not our fellow Yahshuans. We are going to have to make Yahshua the ruler of our life. We're going to have to reconcile with him. Now, it don't make any difference whether or not you get along with me or you get along with someone else, but you are going to have to reconcile with Yahshua the Messiah that you were wrong and he was right. And we're going to have to get on his wagon and start dancing to the tune that he has placed out there. Finish reading there and I'm going to wrap it up. But Peter, standing up with the 11, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, said Elohim, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Now, he, now, 
Now that statement has come true, is that right? Because since we've been in this class and if we earnestly desire to understand Yahweh and his purpose, you have to admit that some of these events have happened, even to some of us. And if not, it's been related to you from someone else. That these events or those situations that they were talking about way back then that we thought is just ancient history. Oh, that was back then, but this is now. Listen, Yahweh just overturns and overturns. It's all just a repeat. And it will be a repeat right until Yahweh takes this thing out. So what we do, and I'm going to close with this. And thank you, uh, uh, reader, uh, for putting up with my interruptions. But what I want us to understand is this, is that now while we're in this flesh, while we can be present in front of this vision and revelation or in front of this life-giving teaching, it's necessary that we be all in, that we all be all in to allowing Yahshua to save us as he promised, or we continue to be halfway in and halfway out, one foot in, one foot out. One time when they get to the point where we have to throw our hands up, we say, Yahshua, save us. And then the next moment, some event comes up, we know what to do. We try to save ourselves out of it. See, that's a conflict there. See, it can't work like that, folks. Either you're going to have to be all in with Yahshua or you're going to have to be all in with yourself. Because the two can't. What we're doing now, and that's what Yahweh is allowing us to do in this physical creation, is to make ourselves, by accepting Yahshua as our redeemer, to make ourselves worthy of receiving eternal life at the instantaneous revelation of Yahshua Messiah. Because you won't be guaranteed that while you're walking around here in the flesh. See, you have to be prepared to be obedient to Yahshua Messiah so that when Yahshua Messiah res resurrects you from that grave, that you're resurrected in righteousness and not in unrighteous, because there's going to be a resurrection for everyone. Everyone that's ever been on this face of this earth or not on the face of this earth, there's going to be a resurrection and you are going to have to own up and live up to what you've done and your concepts and your opinions and what you felt about the creator and your obedience to what he desired. And Dr. Kennedy was adamant about that. Be obedient to those things that Yahweh has preached. And if he's preached them to you and you understand them, you're accountable. Don't worry about the people that never heard the name Yahweh. Like the founder, you say, you let Yahweh worry about them. You just worry about you because you have had the truth presented to you. And don't let ourselves get in the way of the truth. Let the truth be the truth and let it cleanse us from our faults. Thank you very much and I appreciate the opportunity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, this week, should I conclude class or got about five minutes left? I'll send it to you, Clarissa, just one second. For the last five minutes. Okay. 
Okay, for the last five minutes, we will uh, like to call on uh, Dr. Dorian Lewis. Dr. Lewis? I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Yes. Hello? Yes. Okay, sorry about Sorry about that. I've enjoyed class and I thank you actually for giving us the opportunity to have another class. And uh what five minutes. <laughs> I was still trying to I was pondering what uh all the speakers had said, particularly Dr. Lewis. I think that uh what he ended with, I think that's something that we all are being taught, shown by Yahshua, get me the scripture, same scripture I had last time, even the mystery, which has been hid from ages. I think that's Ephesians. Yes, that's no, Colossians. Colossians 1 and 26. Even the mystery, which have been hid from ages and from generations, but mm -hmm. now is made manifest to his sons. <clears throat> To whom Yahweh will make known what is the riches of his of the glory of this mystery among the nations, which is the Messiah in you, the only right. glory. Thank you. Now, of course, read the whole scripture, but what Paul is telling, listen, this is a mystery. And what we're supposed to be seeing is Yahshua operating in our in us and in our everyday lives on a regular and consistent basis. Now, just because we be, we are unaware of it, you know, as we we first start learning about Yahweh, we come into this gospel, we're unaware of that. Don't mean that Yahweh ain't operating in your life, but you're unaware of it. And so the point, as Dr. Kinley said in the textbook, is to come to a permanent and conscientious realization of Yahweh's universal ever-presence. And Dr. Kinley said this often, or at least a few times I've heard or read that he said about if we were aware of Yahweh's universal ever presence, we wouldn't do a lot of the things that we do. So anyway, but that's a process. It, take, it takes time. Yahweh has to bring us to that. I know I only got two minutes. Um, asking Yahshua to make this a reality in our lives. We are, Dr. Kelly said it, I think he said it in this lecture we just listened to. There are no big eyes and little you, you see. So we have people in admiration. That's a, that's part of the process. You, you hear a good speaker, somebody that you really learned something from, and this person brought you into class, whatever. You see them in a certain light. You understand? But Yahshua has to be the only one sitting on our throne. So he will uh, he will cause them to come down in some way, shape, or form. Not necessarily something bad, but where you don't have them erroneously on your throne. A lot of times we don't even know we're doing that. So anyway, Yahshua was taking us through this process. All the things that we go through to learn, but you know, we come to class three times a week. We try to learn all this stuff, but it can't stay there. It has to be with us every day, every second. When you wake up, and, and it's a scripture talking about paying Yahshua lip service, so we can sit here and say our little rope memory prayers. But yet, yeah, it has to be a reality. Yahshua, where do I go? Where He's literally guiding and directing our lives, and we learn to trust in Him over our own thoughts, over our own ideas. That is a process. It takes time. That is the point of coming to these schools, but take it home with you. Dr. Kinley said that often, too, as a kind of a funny phrase. Take this home with you. <laughs> yeah. Take it home with you. Don't let it just stay on Zoom. Don't let it just stay on the charts. Don't let it just stay in the textbook. I know I'm out of time. I didn't really say nothing, but I hope Yahweh use me as a vessel of righteousness. 
All praise is to Yahshua. Trust in Yahshua. Things will not get better until you start relying on Yahshua. All of us start relying on Yahshua. That's right. Trust in Yahshua. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. And this brings an end to this afternoon's class. We would like to thank all of our speakers for their discourse, uh, our visiting brother, and all participants for joining us this afternoon. We hope that everyone was edified and asked to come back, come back and study, study with us. We hold classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. And on Sundays from 11.30 to 1.30 p.m. We will now have doxology taken from the last two verses in the book of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power, both before all time and now and ever. Let us all say hallelujah. 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 hallelujah.